Hello everyone and welcome back to our coverage of the D23 convention here in Anaheim, California. We are coming to you live from the convention floor. Uh, I'm Pete Werner, uh, joined on my left by the host of Connecting with Walt, Mr. Michael Bowling. Hey, how are you? And on my right, our associate producer, Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello, everybody. And our producer, Mr. Craig Williams. Hello. Hello. So it's been kind of a crazy day here. We've got a, a lot bit. to talk about um, for day one. So we're going to start out with the uh, Disney Legends mm-hmm. panel. Michael, you were in that. I and why don't you talk a little bit about some of the highlights from the Legends panel. Yeah, well, Disney Legends ceremony, of course, is where the Disney Company uh, honors people who have made significant contributions to the Walt Disney Company, and it's a way they offer their sincere gratitude. Bob Iger, who reminded us he's been the CEO for 12 years, he said that... But who's um, counting? I know, I know. They're they're working on his audio animatronic that'll take over for him. (laughs) He gave the welcoming remarks... For the D- to open up the D23 Expo, and he said that no one is more important to the company than the Arden and he is. fans. <laughs> and then he is, yeah. yes. And the Arden fans, because they pay his salary. And um, nothing makes us happier than pleasing us. Oh, so please. So that just warmed. warmed I just the, threw up a little in my mouth. Warm the cockles of my heart, I know. And the what of your heart? <laughs> and he talked about one of his proudest moments was to get Oswald the Lucky Rabbit back. Um, he knew that was his way of honoring Walt Disney, and that because Walt was always dejected that he had lost Oswald. So, and Oswald celebrating his 90th um, anniversary okay. as part of the Walt Disney family. He also um, he introduced someone, um, Ruth um, Thompson. Ruthie Thompson. She had been an animator from 1937 to 1977 worked on every animated film and she was celebrating her 107th birthday Wow! and she was sitting in the front row and she looked great really great and they had the voice of Tiana um, Anika um, Nona Rose um, sing Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, she sang a, and then they ran a retrospective of some of the past Disney legends as well well they you know, they didn't, like, start at, at small and work their way up. They, they just started out with the big guns. First legend they brought out was Oprah Winfrey. Wow. Yeah, and she said, hey, Pete, she'll dump Stedman if you'll be her Stedman. So, um... Uh, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, so she was honored for films. Does, I, I, think she, I think you mentioned she'll dump Gale. <laughs> <laughs> if I'll be her Gale. Uh, um, anyway. Um, but anyway, so... Anyway, she was honored for film and television, and Bob Iger, she's a personal friend of Bob Iger's, so he's... So, I I just, I gotta ask this question, though. All right, look, Oprah Winfrey, amazing. Why is she a Disney legend? Um, Did I miss something? Well, mainly for the films that she did um, under some of the, uh, for Disney television, mainly ABC. For some of the television. She's in a new Disney movie, too, Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in Time, she's Mrs. Miss With. She was also the voice of Tiana's mother in Princess and the Frog. And is... Uh, and, uh, okay, does any of this rise to legend status? Okay? I mean, <laughs> she, I mean, let's be honest. She's Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. It's a name. It's, oh, look, here's mm-hmm. Oprah Winfrey as a Disney legend. But do you think they're... I don't want to say cheapening it, but making it... Like giving it to people just out of convenience because of their star power. You know, I think I think 
I think this year was the people were the least enthusiastic. Well, I think know, for the legends, you think for about that it, reason. You, know, you think about some of the Disney mm-hmm. legends. You know, uh, I was just hearing about Bob Gurr, one of the you know legendary Imagineers. Marty Sklar, you know, Tony Baxter, people like that, people that have really contributed mm-hmm. to the company, to making it what it is. Those people deserve to be Disney legends. You know, I, I have a problem yeah. with Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. But her show, her first show did start on ABC. Okay, that's, and what, I was, now that's what I was looking at. Disney yeah. purchased ABC, and so that is part of it. And, okay. you know, she said. I think I just have a different. I think I have a different standard of legend. Yeah. yeah I mean, I no. love Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. I don't want, like, Oprah hate mail or anything because I love Oprah Winfrey but I just don't know that she rises to the level of in this instance she's brilliant she's an amazing business person she's built an incredible empire and an amazing career for herself no question about that I don't know that she's a Disney legend though and I think you might have the same feeling about the next one (laughs) okay Gary Marshall honored for film and television. He got his start um, doing The Odd Couple, the television mm-hmm. show. Of course, he did Happy Days, Joni Loves Chachi, other great classics. Um, he went... Jo- okay, <laughs> wait a second. Did you just say Joni yeah. Loves Chachi yes. is a classic? Yes, I knew. A classic what? He's a crap? You. I mean, I you. you set that up for me and there. I he just did a Princess Diaries. For, Princess well, Diaries, right? yeah. Pretty Woman. Yeah. And and he also had he also had cameos in a number of films. And he, he also uh, Laverne, Laverne and Shirley was his. Yes, Laverne um, and Shirley along with Happy Days. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. So I mean ABC. I mean okay, he did a lot in ABC before Disney owned it. Again, I don't know. Yeah, and but he did and he did some of their Touchstone films as was well. Penny yeah. Marshall there to collect the award? No, no, he was not. His children were here oh, to good. collect the award because okay. he just passed. He away. passed away yeah. recently. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he talked what he talked about what the children said was how he liked Walt because Walt got a start. He thought of Disneyland sitting on the bench, and Gary Marshall liked benches. He liked sitting on benches. <laughs> so the way they honored him at the Walt Disney Studio was it at. Um, Minnie Mouse um, Avenue and Dopey Drive, there is the Gary Marshall bench. Yes, there is. And so he is... Just uh, saw it a few the, days ago. Yeah, so he's very honored that uh, that he had that That's bench cool. there. Now, the next one, I think you... It, it could be controversial, but maybe not, in that it, the next one was Stan Lee. And what they did was they actually... It was a whole group of people. Oh, they it's had, not controversial. Look... Stanley, amazing. Okay, mm-hmm. amazing. I love but Stanley. But is he a Disney He's legend? He's not a Disney legend yeah. just because they bought Marvel. Yep. This, I'm sorry. It's This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. This they is what I'm talking about. They did a whole Dancing with the Stars sort of routine, because that's an ABC television show, in order to introduce a group of artists. And they started out with, actually, it was a, a bunch of Marvel um, artists. Jack um, Kirby, yeah. he was the artist who's created hundreds of major and minor characters for the Marvel comics. He started with Stan Lee and he continues to, they said, inspire um, comic artists today. And his son, Neil, um, accepted the award. It was just a very uh, traditional, uh, you know, thank you. And he offered his condolences to the to Stan Lee and his family because Stan Lee's wife just passed away oh, okay. um, last week. And um, but it was a very it was a very nice tribute to the artistry of Jack Kirby. And then Stan Lee was the next one, and he um, was very moved by um, Jack Kirby. He really attributes a lot of his success success to Jack. But he had a funny story. He said that he wanted to quit the comic book business, and his wife Joanne said, well then, why not create the characters you want to create? She said, what are they gonna do? They fire you, so what, you wanted to quit anyway. 
So, um, wow. So he did, and he completely changed the comic book genre. It, yeah. it was all westerns, things then, and then he started to create the superheroes. But he changed them. He made them so that they had um, human traits. They had human failings. They had human problems. Wow. Every, so that we could identify with them. And it was from that that he created really the Marvel Studios empire that of course is now part of right. Dis the Disney world. And who was after Stan Lee? After, oh, and Stan Lee of course had to end with Excelsior. <laughs> after Stan Lee, okay, I think this really, this falls into I think could be a legend. That's Clyde Geronimi. He, for 28 years, he was an artist. He was um, a director for Disney, started out with Silly Symphonies, won an Academy Award for there one of go. the Pluto shorts. There you go. He, um, he, he worked We've listed about 17 people who got legends, and finally we yeah. get to one who actually should be, yeah. He worked on everything Lady and the Tramp. He worked on Sleeping Beauty. He, uh, and then and then the funny thing is then after he left Disney he went and did Marvel the Marvel Saturday morning cartoons that we probably both grew up with the um, Thor and Spider-Man mm -hmm. and Captain America mm -hmm. he did all of those that's how he finished out his career and his children accepted the award they and they talked about how much Clyde loved working for Walt Disney he said the love that he had for Walt, he put, he showed that love in all of the films that he made for the Walt Disney Company. And they had a funny little quote from Clyde. He said, um, he said, uh, well, he said that Walt provided the best atmosphere, uh, and it was the very best studio to work in. And then, the, and then the next one again, another I think a bona fide Disney legend was Manuel Gonzalez. He started working for the Disney Company because his father saw on a telephone pole Walt had put up an ad for an artist. Wow! <laughs> and so he brought it home and gave it to his son. And he he was in high school and he was he had a portfolio and he took it to the studio and he got Walt hired him. And so he started drawing. He started work on Snow White, and he got the attention of. of um, the uh, Floyd Gottfried seat who was doing the Mickey Mouse comic strips and so Manu Manuel started to do the Sunday comic strips that again we all grew up with the Sunday right. panels and um, and then he see these are more yeah, yeah these are more in line with what I think Disney legends they, they're not they're not sexy names they're not they're not high wattage names mm -hmm. but they're actually people who help build the company and and they have their own internal award called the mousecars mousecar right. and Walt gave um, gave him personally the mousecar that's cool in 1966 that's cool who else and got added what well, well, he had a funny story about Walt's car though he had he what he saved up and bought his first new car it was a 1939 Packard um, convertible. Walt drove a 1938 Packard convertible, same exact color. And so, when the first day the Manuel drove it into the off into the studio, the the studio guard thought it was Walt's, and so he put him in the Walt spot. Manuel didn't know; he just thought he had a great parking spot. Well, later on, the guard says, "You got to come down and move your car." So he goes down to move his car, and there's Walt standing there tapping his foot. And he's saying, oh, Walt, I'm so sorry. And Walt just smiles, puts his hand on the shoulder and says, I think I'm paying my artists too much if they can afford a Packard. <laughs> and, then, and then from then on, he said, for the rest of the time he worked with Walt, Walt would always say, so, Manuel, what kind of car are we buying this year? <laughs> so I just thought, I love those cute little That's stories great. that humanize Walt. 
then they had the cadaver dance come out and sing in order and, and then uh, and more dancing with the stars and in order to uh, introduce Wayne um, J- um, Jackson he was an Imagineer for 37 years he was the very first employee Walt hired um, for Mapo that was the mm-hmm. division of Imagineering created from the proceeds of Mary Poppins. His very first, imagine this, your very first job working for Walt is to create the audio animatronic auctioneer for Pirates of the Caribbean. So where do you go from there? Well, he built the Magic Kingdom, Tokyo Disneyland, and Tokyo Disney Sea. So he was amazing. And he's still alive. He's still with us. He went up there. He was so visibly moved by this honor. That's nice. He was like brought to tears. And again, people who work closely with Walt are always so humble. Um, he, instead of he thanked every he thanked them for the for this honor, but he thanked everyone at Imagineering and everyone he worked with who contributed to the theme parks and around the world and and it was nothing about himself it was all about everybody else awesome and then he said he had a funny quote no one told us we couldn't do it so we did it there you go (laughs) so the um, fastest writer in the world isn't he yeah really my god the amount of notes he has the thing like (laughs) He'll have the novelization up later this evening. Yeah, really. <laughs> really. Um, then then we got into Star Wars. Oh, wait, we're not done yet? No, no. We got it. <laughs> okay, Carrie I got two other panels I got to cover sorry, here, Michael. Carrie Fisher. Of course, actress, playwright, author, activist. I didn't know she was a script doctor. Oh, yeah. Oh, she, yeah, big she time. She was uncredited. And oh, yeah. And showed a number of her films that she rescued. Oh, yeah. Basically, she was again, a great now, again, comedian. Again, Carrie Wars Fisher, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Yeah. She's technically been part of the Disney company for about 22 minutes. Yeah. And, oh, you know, good lord. But they read a letter. <laughs> no, no, you know what I'm saying. No, it's true, though. It is one of those, like, Star- it was... Where did they, they buy Lucasfilm? They've been a part even less than than Marvel. Although one could make the argument that Star Tours has been around, but that doesn't really have to do with these guys. No. That's that's no. That's its own thing. You so, know, so, I mean, is this a big, there's yeah. a big divide between talking about some of these guys who worked with Walt, yeah. who helped build the company, who helped build, you know, make... Yeah, so many, I agree. You know, it seems too early for some of them. You know yeah. what I mean? They it haven't seems put too their convenient. Time in. Yeah. yeah, it's the, it's an award of convenience because it's a high wattage name, and I get that. And, and, and I understand it gets a, that, and it gets a lot of publicity. It does. Yeah, it does. But, but they read a letter from Carrie Fisher's daughter because she's working on a television show right now. But talked about how uh, how much uh, Carrie Fisher was a Disney fanatic, and that she would be honored. She always wanted to be a Disney princess, so she would be very honored to be a Disney legend. Um, and then, of course, we have uh, Mark Hamill. Was mm-hmm. up he got the biggest standing ovation and cheer of anybody, even Oprah. Wow. And, um, wow, I he, love Mark Hamill. He was funny. He said uh, he's an avid collector of rare Disney memorabilia, and it's going to be hard to top this one. Yeah, exactly. And he thanked George Lucas and just the thousands of people that made, uh, ma- made all the films possible. And what I didn't know is he had 143 acting roles before Star Wars. Oh. And he before had Star Wars? Before Star Wars? Before oh, wow. Star Wars. And he's had 200 voice acting roles. Yeah, he does a lot of a voice, lot of voice them, work. Yeah. yeah, in video games, if you'd know. Yep, you know, yep. And then a lot of um, cartoons mm-hmm. and all that as well. It's the Joker. So, um, but, yeah, he's a huge Disney fan, a serious collector. Um, I believe, yeah, anyway, so um, he, oh, he got his start in... Though in acting, because you know how Walt on on the television shows always does those making of 
on things. He watched all of those. The making of Toby Tyler, the making of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and that's how he got into acting. That's awesome. So what was his inspiration? for acting so so that was really nice then then Bob Iger says well we, we're going to have surprises for you all week weekend so Whoopi Goldberg was the surprise uh, Disney legend this people year. were saying Whoopi from the surprise but also her name uh, 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 okay but of course <laughs> I don't I don't know okay, what that was out of the chair that <laughs> see that would have been funny <laughs> It was funnier than your joke. <laughs> of course, she's uh, she's another big Disney fan. She said, li- "When you live in the ghetto, really, the thing about Disney is it really made you feel that no matter where you come from, you were okay." Wow. And so that that was the inspiration for her. Of course, she was she's on The View, which is an ABC mm-hmm. television show. She was, of course, a voice in The Lion King, mm-hmm. and she is uh, and it was the first. Um, African-American woman in who hosted the Academy Awards and she was a voice at a, a, an old um, attraction at California Adventure um, for Golden Dreams. She was Calafia in that one you might remember. Now it's the Little Mermaid attraction. And then finally uh, it was Julie Taymor came out for theatrical. Oh, She's yes. a, a, We all know her mainly for the Broadway director of The Lion King. Mm-hmm. She was the first um, woman to get a Tony for um, directing a Broadway show. Mm-hmm. And she gave Disney just a whole new way to tell their story. Yeah. She, she revolutionized Disney um, theatrical, yeah, yeah, she absolutely did. Yeah. And she said she grew up with Disney, but she hadn't been to Disneyland in 30 years. So she was going to have a really fun afternoon. <laughs> so she's out there. So after you watch us, go to Disneyland and look for her. And she, um, she just said the Lion King allows us to act as healers. She told a couple very touching stories about how like a, a family that she knew, they, they had bought tickets way in advance. They said Lion King was the pre-Hamilton of its days when you, when you couldn't get tickets. Right, exactly. And a family had gotten tickets and uh, they had two children, a little boy and a little girl. I think her name was Sarah. And she died. And the family wasn't going to go. They had tickets. It was a month away. And they went. And when they have that um, song um, from The Lion King, He Lives in You, the little boy said, Sarah's living in us. She's with us. And she said, it's stories like that, that you realize that um, how art can unify all of us. And, and that was it. That was the end. Of, oh, and then what they did was to close the show as the finale. They brought out performers from The Lion King on Broadway. And they sang um, He Lives in You. And they did a, another retrospective of some of the other past Disney legends. Awesome. So it, was a, it was a wonderful, wonderful program. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Michael. Thank You're you for welcome. covering uh, the Legends ceremony for us. We're going to swap you out with Steve Porter, okay. um, who's uh, going to talk to us about... Uh, you were on the panel for the uh, Pirates exhibit. Yes, I was. For the Pirates 50th anniversary, I should yeah, say. Let me get my notes open. It was called the Pirates of the Caribbean, 50 Years of Swashbuckling Adventures in the Disney Parks. Go ahead and put that down just a little bit. Okay, there we go. Better? Yeah. Okay. Um, Every time you mess up with the microphone, I'm going to hit you with mine. <laughs> and then I'm going to get knocked out and fall out of this chair. My phone keeps doing stupid things. Okay. Um, yes, it was... Filled with Tony Baxter, Marty Scalar, Orlando Ferrante, Kim Irvine, Luke Mayrand, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, and Nancy Cerudo. Um, a bunch of Disney Imagineers. It was extremely interesting to see these guys kind of powwow together. 
Um, but there wasn't a lot of news or anything that came out. Right, of this. but from what I understand, you know, they addressed the controversy over the change they that did. is taking place in Pirates. Well, and it was. Well, first of all, talk about what the change is okay, for those who don't know. Yeah, so if you don't know, there's a huge change to the auction scene in, in Pirates of the Caribbean. Instead of uh, the Pirates auctioning off women, it will be they're auctioning off uh, stolen goods from the town that they've looted. Um, and so this is a politically correct by some move that they're doing uh, and some think it think it's you know people are up in arms about up it. in arms about the change um, so it was actually not addressed it really intentionally it was kind of mentioned of you know pirates changes over the years pirates is a little passive-aggressive and, and, and that one little term the and not the entire crowd probably 80% booed and 20% cheered or clapped, but it was overwhelmingly people being negative. upset and, and negative. Um, and fortunately for Disney, uh, Marty Scalar kind of jumped right on that, and he kind of kiboshed it by saying, change happens at Disneyland. And he was like, if Disneyland hadn't changed since I started working here, no one would be here today, well, you know, basically. And so. it, was, it was actually something Marty Scalar said when they added some of the uh, animated characters in the small world a few years back and people were up in arms. I was upset mm. that they were, you know, making that crossover. And something that Marty Sklar said kind of just turned me around on it. He's like, it's, this is not a museum. Mm -hmm. This is not a museum. Right. And it's supposed to change. It's a yeah. And after that, you know, I'm like, he's right. He's <laughs> right. And um, so this, I, making these decisions for the purpose of being politically yeah. correct bothers me to a certain degree, um, but at the same time, let's see what they do with it. Yeah. I also what he said too was, uh, which I thought was a good way to address it. He basically just said, in reacting to their booze, he said, first I want to thank you for caring about it this much that you would react that way, and that it means that much to you that you have a reaction." But and then he went into. But and he explained why change needs. Marty's unreal, yeah. So it was so it was smooth. It was like it was, it was pretty cool. But um, but yeah. So this was a lot of uh, talking about how these Imagineers, what roles they had in what they did and the changes they made and uh, parks around the world that, that have Pirates of the Caribbean in them. So you know they're all addressing these certain little touches and stories that maybe people hadn't heard before. Um, like Tony Baxter was there and he mentioned uh, that one of the really neat stories he had was that when he was still scooping ice cream as a cast member, uh, the legendary uh, Imagineer Claude Coates basically pulled him aside and gave him a private tour of Pirates when he was just a nobody. And, uh, and then he, he, he would later, uh, you know, that would later become his boss. And he... he just small little stories like that and Marty had mentioned just small stories about um, in the in the creation of the attraction uh, walking around and, and they were mentioning is there too much dialogue is there too much dialogue and that was a big debate amongst some of the Imagineers right. and Walt basically said do you know what it's supposed to be like a cocktail party people are supposed to want to come back and hear different things that they hadn't heard different times and wow uh, Never thought of pirates as a cocktail party before, and, but but it, yeah. it was just small little things like that, and like the, those insights that he, he he said this is kind of a, a lesser known story, and 
So it was a lot of back and forth. It was I, I felt like I was at a round table of Imagineers and it, people were just kind of listening in on this conversation. Um, there was another interesting story about how when they first built Pirates in Disney or here in Disneyland, uh, the, the, when the town is on fire, that scene apparently the the Anaheim Fire Department had trouble. They, they said, "Well, how are we going to know if there's a real fire?" And <laughs> and so for a long time they were like had they were like worried about getting approval from the Anaheim Fire Department of whether or not that scene was going to be even. At part of the the ride, wow. but so it was a lot of just like almost hearing behind the scenes type of uh, talk between the the different Imagineers, and it was interesting just to transition this into some of the other the newer younger Imagineers like uh, Luke May Mayrand and uh, Nancy Ceruto. Basically, they have done a lot of the work for Shanghai's Pirates. Okay, and how that's an, almost an entire land. Yeah, there. I can't wait to see that. Um and. What I really t- what I got a lot from them was their appreciation for kind of having the legacy of working on pirates because of how iconic it is now. And in fact, they went. One of the things that they did, they had mentioned, they went to all the pirates around the world, all the par- pirates attractions, and they got little bottles of water from from each attraction to put into the water in That's pirates cool. in Shanghai to kind of pull it all together and to like commemorate the other pirates and the people, the Imagineers that came before them. Um, and they paid their respects kind of, which was really That's neat. awesome. Yeah. So it was a bunch of, like I said, it's just, it was a, it was. I've been, and also I've been finding some great merchandise in the Disney Dream Store, some great merchandise around the 50th anniversary of Pirates. Oh, that's very cool. I picked up a few things already, so. Yeah, it was, they really. I've got to bring it back to merchandise. I've got to bring it back to shopping. <laughs> I was surprised it was extremely interesting like I said but they didn't have a lot of they didn't mention anything about merchandise they didn't mention anything about the current state of pirates and the only mention to the auction scene was kind of that offhand situation so it was really just and they shouldn't have they should really have focused on the history of the attraction yeah Um, but yeah it was just I'm, I'm thinking of more and more things that they'd mentioned another really cool technology uh, change in the attraction. They were saying between the pirates here and in Walt Disney World compared to some of the newer pirates in the international parks is that the animatronics technology has improved so much yeah. that Tony Baxter was explaining when he was working on in the attraction in Paris that they finally had animatronics that could stop quickly uh, on a dime instead of the or allowed them to do stuff like in, in the Paris in uh, it was kind of a action, and they of so it was this kind of uh, time timeline of Imagineers as they went down, and they all had interesting crossovers with each other, and uh, just it, it was like kind of a not a family, but they they shared this. Obviously, they shared pirates together, so it was just a kind of a, awesome. a cool thing to be there. Cool. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that report, Steve. Uh, we're going to uh, switch over here to Rhino and Craig, who are both in the animation panel. Yeah. And uh, yeah. not a lot of news coming out of the animation panel, though. Not really anything that was unknown, per se. I feel like they did announce, um, what would they announce? Pixar's next film, as well as um, Disney's next animated feature, right? Was there two or just the one? Hold on one second. I, 
I have to take off my headphones because it. Yeah, oh, is it is yeah, messing with your head? Yeah. I'm like double what, hearing what, myself. What, what, what was are the you question, talking about? everyone? Um, it was just not a lot of news coming of news. out of the animation panel. No, no, no. They uh, basically um, the big news that came out of it is uh, Disney Toon Studios, uh, the the off branch um, animation panel that they have that did a lot of the uh, direct to DVD stuff, planes. Well, they're coming out with a new movie that everyone was going to be different. That's okay, all right. It's just not. I, I don't think they're going to call it uh, Planes Three, but uh, that was that was kind of the one big announcement. And then the next one, as Rhino said, uh, a new Pixar movie that's also untitled, um, but it's going to be directed by Dan Scanlon, who was the uh, director on Monsters University. So when I heard that, it was kind of like, oh, because Monsters University was not a great movie by any stretch. Entertaining, not great, but uh, this is kind of a modern, uh, almost fairy tale based on his his life. Yeah. Um, his, his father passed away when he was only one year old, so he never got to hear him and speak or know him at all. Well, so, but they're, they're, yeah, the, so the family had these old, the old video record, uh, you know, movies, home movies, but back in that day it was, there was no audio with them unless you were recording audio as well because it's, you know, on a reel. Right. And so they had never gotten to see him, see him sing and then that's what Craig was, was saying is that th when, uh, there was like an aunt, I think it was, that gave him a, a, a you know a cassette or something like that one day and said like here listen to this you might be able to hear your dad on it and they they like got to the very very end of the cassette and they even played it for us and you can just hear him oh, go hi wow. he only says hi and bye yeah. that's it because he didn't want to talk on the cassette and so they, he's like that's the only time I've ever heard my father's voice oh my god yeah so the, you know you're already like oh god that's a ooh, wow like, that's a powerful story yeah yeah it was um, and. Along with that, too, I can't remember the exact phrase they used to describe the movie. Did you write that down? I know I tweeted it out. Um, but basically, it's going to take place in a world that... Um, the modern fantasy world? Like yeah. It was a modern suburban fantasy world? Yeah, modern suburban fantasy that will take place in this world that's only kind of like, not monsters per se, but sort of like mythical style creatures. Like, like they showed us concept art of... A bunch of unicorns that were essentially. I, I, and I am super excited. Eventually started giving in to, to progress and technology. So, yeah, magic was really hard to learn, so they kind of lost the art of magic and they started developing their own, like, technology, like, like Craig was saying, like a light bulb or a dishwasher or fast food chains and stuff like that. So, essentially, that's why their life mirrors ours. Yeah. And, and, and then two characters will be in the film that lost their father at a young age that are trying to get into this land in order to to regain even but a moment yeah. back with their father again. Wow. So I think they're going to so. go searching for magic. So it seems like this is definitely going to be one of those like heartwarming, yeah. like, uh, well, going to get teary, are. you know, like, yeah. especially if it's Pixar. Right. And, um, it, it, is this the movie, though? Was this the one where he said this is the first movie? No, ne never mind. We'll talk about that in a minute. Toy Story 4 was what I was thinking. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but speaking of that, that was kind of the other news. Um, Toy Story 4 uh, thought that it was going to be co-directed uh, between Lasseter, yeah. John Lasseter and um, why is his name slipping? Skeet 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 Ulrich it's, There's only one person we know named Skeet um, It was uh, John Cooley, is that who I'm talking yeah, about? Josh Cooley, Josh Cooley. Um, okay. Who is uh, in and helpful on Inside Out and uh, Directed Riley's First Date Exactly, and, yeah. uh, and 
he is John Lasseter stepping to the side, and Josh Coley will be taking over solely as the only director oh. on it. Which I mean, that's but that's it, a big deal. He was a um, an intern at Pixar, and then the guy who's also producing it, whose name I, I missed when they said it, but um, he's also was an intern. He was an intern during Toy Story. And um, Josh uh, was an intern during the first Cars movie, so now they've said this is the first uh, Pixar movie to be directed by former interns. So I thought that was really wow. cool. Like, it's cool. It's like a nice to see that the, this legacy is coming around see, this, this way. This is why you know? Steve should start hosting. Uh, interns who he's more like. Wow, that's pretty. Cool. To Frozen because not only oh, do we yeah. have Frozen 2, a short film being shown before Pixar's Coco in November is Olaf's yeah. and it's basically going to be a story about how uh, it's coming to the holiday point in Arendelle and people are going home to like have traditional Christmases with their family celebrating traditions because they were always separated Olaf is going to step up and try to go around and take the traditions of all the people in their village um, and, you know, make sure that uh, everyone in Frozen ends up having a good Christmas. And during this portion, Kristen Bell, the voice of Anna, came out and uh, played around. And then, luckily, Josh Gad also came out and sang one of the numbers that will be in the short funny, film. a pretty yeah, funny a, number, yeah. A 21-minute film i believe they said with four songs four, four new four so, new songs yeah um uh, wow saying it was all the original was cast is returning I, um and then i even wrote down i think who was doing the music but i lost it but i hadn't i hadn't heard of them before so yeah it's not the same people who did it originally i have so to ask because i'm curious was kristen bell and josh got a surprise oh everyone I mean, was a well i mean they were a surprise but you knew they were going to talk about frozen yeah this time around so yeah. it wasn't a wasn't a massive surprise. I definitely knew Josh Gad would be. We'll tell you what a big surprise was, though. Yeah, the big surprise and the highlight of the event. It wasn't the finale. The finale was all based around Coco, so we'll end there. But the absolute highlight of this event was Wreck-It Ralph 2, um, Ralph Breaks the Internet. I know what you're thinking. I, always, I had no interest in this. They announced it. I was like, this title's stupid. Wait, Why isn't it Ralph Breaks the, the Internet? Yeah, because this is, this is where I think... I think they're doing one of those, like, it's taking a, a turn in a completely different direction where it's becoming metaphysically self-referencing. And, yeah. you know, he, he, he can kind of explain. What? Well, okay. So the plot of Wreck-It Ralph 2 is going to be the Sugar Rush, the game that Vanellope von Schweetz is von Schweetz. the main character in it. So Sarah um, Silverman came Sarah out to Silverman explain the plot. Yeah. She, was, she was out there for this. And uh, so basically, yeah, the game goes down. And so the only way they can try to fix it and get it back up is by going to the Internet. And with this, though, opens up this whole new wormhole where they have no idea what's happening in the Internet. So they, they kind of have references to all the big sites around, like, Instead of Amazon, amazing, and it's it's supposed to, it's it's like all that. like it's it's the it's the humanization of the internet. So you got to there's like Ralph's walking, and there's a lot of people being like, check out my cute aunt. Click here, you've won, you've won. You know what I mean? So it's all like spam pop ups. They're just like people that are harassing him, like vendors on a street. Yeah. And 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 the but the best part about this is well they they meet a they meet a new character. Yes. Yes is the name exactly. of the new character. Yes. Yes, um, but with three S's. Very specifically, three S's. Yeah, yeah. voiced by uh, Taraj B. Uh, Taraj B. Uh, Henson. Henson. Um, um, and she works for uh, 
a company that an internet site that's basically a play on uh, BuzzFeed, and you know she, all the top about trends. The new, yeah, yeah. yeah she can. Trends. So it's going to be a character that's going to be able to like change her wardrobe like in a in a second. So it's all like I think it's going to be a fluid character that never looks the same continuously through the movie or anything. Like, and I mean. The concept art was really cool, but the best part about this is, since she knows all the trends, she's like, this is what people like. They like sci-fi. They like animation. They like, um, they like, uh... Okay, can I just say that there is not one thing that has come out of Wait a minute, here it comes, here it comes. Because she's doing these, and I'm like, wow, it's... If there's something exciting in this, Well, these circles, these circles she's describing, I'm like, this sounds like... These sounds like she's describing the different sectors of Disney. And then she draws... The circles she's drawing are Mickey ears. And then she's like, so we've got to go to this site, and they go to ohmydisney.com. So then they're in... So then they play this really awesome clip that's like, like, almost like 10 minutes long, maybe... And they're like getting to the castle. They're going in, and there's, and it's like every sector of Disney is merged here. So there's stormtroopers, C3PO's there. But the best part, you know, he'll explain a little more. And yeah. The, so the best part is, as they're going around, you see all of these characters that you know and love. But then there's this little girl that starts freaking out because all the princesses come out, and it's like CGI characterizations of all of them. You know. Stuff it's like Frozen, Sleeping Beauty, so Cinderella, already, yeah, Mulan. They're already 3D, so it doesn't really matter. But then Vanellope is she is kind of the the princess, the queen of her game. So she wants to go be a part of them. Wreck It Ralph doesn't want anything to do with that, but she goes and joins them. She like and, sneaks into their their room in the castle, you know. And basically, it turns into this hilarious bit where they have like this little girls' night slumber party. Yeah, and, and like. Like, it was um, like, oh, do you have daddy issues? Because we all do too. Did you? And they're all like, we didn't know our dads either. And like, all thirteen <laughs> of them say it. So it was like, like, did a man push you down at one point in time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like border, like borderline stuff. Where they're like, oh, were you awkwardly too young for the like stuff like this? Like, it was like where I was like, almost self-aware. Well, the exactly. point where I was like. I can't believe Disney made this and not somebody who was mocking the Disney wow. thing or whatever. But it was great because all the voices are the voices. All right, well, maybe it'll be better when it's released than it is in this description. Cause no, it, it was it was hysterical. Like, like So, for instance, Jodie Benson's reprising her voice for Ariel and right. for that. And they all change into comfy clothes instead of their <laughs> normal princess outfits. And so she starts going into uh, part of your world, but... Um, referencing how it's like, look at the shirt. Yeah, she starts saying, "Isn't it neat?" Like, <laughs> and so like it's just little things like okay. that. They just and then like my favorite Miku, Miku yeah. from Pocahontas has rabies. She went to go pet it. She's like, "Oh my god, can I pet your thing?" And it was like, <laughs> like, and I see three P O. They're laughing. Yeah, and he's and like they call sassy. Him in, but then they call him like, "Oh, hey, R two D two, nice to." Merida's in there, and she's like. So they reference that they know who they are and what they're doing. But this was the best part of this. So after this all happened, they're like, "Oh, you know, all these all these people are 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 um, are reprising their role." And it started. Migna Wen will be voicing the Mulan, and then it went to from Migna Wen. It went to uh, Jody Benson, and they're like, "You know what? We can't talk about these without them out." So then Jody Benson comes out, and then she introduces um, the she introduces Paige O'Hara, who then comes out, and then she introduces Linda Larkin. You know, so Jasmine she comes out, and then she introduces uh, what's that one I wrote? Irene Bernard, uh, Bedard. Irene Bedard, and then um, who I, I don't know who was after Jasmine. <laughs> yes, please tell me to read. 
basically you don't know all the names. Mandy Moore, they brought out Alila, uh, Anika Nani Rose came out. Yeah, every every big princess came out. Basically, that was in and around. Um, oh, wow. Obviously, Adina Menzel. Cool. The girl not next there. to me was openly weeping. She was like, <laughs> "Yes!" Like crying, <laughs> wiping it away from her face. Everyone that was having, I'm like, "This girl's about to either have an aneurysm or pass out or." I don't know what's going to happen. The big ending was Coco, uh, the newest Pixar movie that's coming out this November. And uh, while I won't go into much details with it, we saw a lot of clips, which really added a good amount of depth to the film. Um, I was kind of shaky on it. I thought the trailers looked beautiful. was very worried about the story, but... It's going to pull through. It's going to be a really. It had me definitely more interested after learning a little bit of that. And then it closed off with the the kid who is going to be voicing um, the main character in it, Miguel. Hmm. Uh, He came out and sang the song "Remember Me," that is the uh, the main song in the movie that is actually sung by Benjamin Brett who came out but then it the comes voice. out yeah and, wow. then, and but then they start like so if you've seen the trailer there's a bridge that's all these uh, ro- uh, petals of a flower and they start shooting out these orange things from that over the thing and then all these like uh, dancers start coming out from behind the stage up on the stage they're doing uh, I don't know what type of dance would be but they all have like the, you know Dito's Muertos uh, clothes on and they're like dancing and I'm just like this is incredible there's wow. like 150 dancers Dude. I wanted to wrap it up, but I no, forgot. we got, you didn't talk you about. You just said it. Incredibles. Yeah, Incredibles too. Too. Yeah. Uh, okay, Brad Bird right. came out, brought out some of the cast. Um, but the best part is they showed a clip of um, some of the animation that's done already for it that really heavily features uh, Jack Jack, the the baby. Oh in my the gosh, the scene because, was great. And basically, it was a scene where he's exploring a lot of the powers that he has because you see them a little bit at the end of the movie. But you see a lot as he takes on a raccoon who he believes is a criminal. <laughs> a bandit, you know. And right. it's going to be something to really. So then look they bring out to. the cast too. So Craig T. Nelson comes out, Holly Hunter comes out. They bring Samuel out the new L. kid, Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. It was, it was a great panel. But it was a before great. Before you close really quickly though, because this this is just something that I think is going to come up tomorrow. Is that um, they showed us the sizzle reel ahead of time, um, and it has all Disney movies in it that it's celebrating and it very specifically featured a clip from Mary Poppins in the Ooh. new Mary Poppins that had um, Lin-Manuel Miranda being like oh you arrived just in time Mary Poppins and then it shows her in the mirror like saying something but people were screaming so loudly I couldn't hear it but so I'm pretty sure that you're going to want to stay tuned tomorrow because I'm, I'm fairly certain there's going to be some sort of Mary Poppins teaser that we're going to see I, I know we're going to see a Wrinkle in Time trailer and I know since Sam Jackson's here, there's going to be something big at Marvel, and so yeah. it's yeah. it's like I think they've alluded to a, a lot of day. stuff. Yeah, so tomorrow's a big day in films. Tomorrow's going to be a big day in parks and resorts, from what we're hearing. So we didn't yeah. talk about I John Lasseter's t-shirt. There's cannon. a lot covered today. Um, yeah. yeah, but I think yeah. tomorrow's the big day. So uh, thank you guys. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, uh, Steve, Rhino, Craig. Um, for I know you guys have been running around like crazy today, putting up with a lot of. Uh, there was a. There was a. We should just really talk quick about the, what happened at the. Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, you showed. You texted us those photos in the from the dream store. Was well, it? Uh, no, I was talking about what happened oh, at the uh, the other panel oh. um, when they couldn't get everybody in. Oh yeah, something happened at the um, at the animation panel where we we got in because we we waited for like four hours and um, and everything. But like but, three thousand people, yeah. they miscounted, and three thousand people were not able to get in. 
and it was a near riot situation. I mean, at one point, Michael was saying that people were rushing the doors. So what they did for guest recovery is they gave people an option of either attending the live action panel tomorrow or the parks and resorts panel, and that seemed to calm everybody down. Yeah, hope which, that, I, I mean, action. that's a great deal to make because some of those people were probably planning on sleeping out for some of those. Right, panels, exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, what Rhino mentioned, I was uh, the Disney Dream Store, which has a lot of good merchandise, uh, was in that store. I was in there, and a wall that was holding a lot of merchandise collapsed on a guest. Wow. Uh, now, it appeared she was okay good, eventually. Good, good. They, they had to call paramedics in. They literally had to clear the store out. They gave oh a lot of us passes to come back in once it reopened. Um, but it was kind of weird. I'm, sta- I'm standing in there, and we hear this massive crash, Gosh, and all these scary, people start yeah. yelling. You see all these cast members running to this wall, so it was kind of... That's scary. Kind of weird. Looks like the woman, though, because like, that she got that got hit by it was all right. Good, but, good. Um, it's kind of scary. So an eventful day. An eventful day, not without, not without its uh, uh, issues, yeah. Yeah. but... Overall, I think a pretty successful day. And that is going to do it for our coverage today of the D23 convention here at Anaheim, California. We are going to be back live again tomorrow. I can't tell you exactly what time, but I would figure probably around 11 o'clock noon Eastern time uh, as we get ready to start day two of the D23 convention. So we hope you enjoyed our coverage today. Please be sure to go over to wdwinfo.com to uh, see all the pictures and videos and uh, blogs that we have been putting up throughout the day uh, with coverage of the event. So until tomorrow, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you then.